Well, that's that's Oscar um, theme music, but I, I honestly don't know how I'm going to come into this episode. <laughs> <laughs> haven't haven't found a way in. Haven't found a way in. Nah, but I guess it's Oscars Day, and that's something. Which uh, that means that it's another year of boring ceremony. <laughs> so, well, <laughs> who knows? We don't who know knows? Yet. And a whole lot of I guess out of touch social justice celebrities, maybe. Well, who knows about that either? Maybe they learnt from previous years. There's always, and they've, they've there's always, their it, ways. it doesn't seem to matter what they do though. There's always someone on the internet complaining about it. Yeah, I know. But honestly, do you remember when the Oscars used to be fun? I do. Yes. When Billy Crystal yes. was the host. <laughs> Billy Crystal. I like Hugh Jackman and Neil Patrick Harris, and they weren't that long ago. No, Neil Patrick Harris is pretty good. I don't know about mm. Hugh Jackman. I thought he was pretty good. I mean, he's Hugh Jackman. Yeah, <laughs> but you know. the Oscars used to be like a highlight of the year for me. Like it was mm. a day off work to sit and watch. And now I think it's been five years since I've sat down and watched a full ceremony. Well, I used to go yeah. to the every year the Nova mm. Cinema Nova do a Oscars thing where you go and watch it in the cinema. Yeah, oh, and cool. I did it a couple of times, but now I'm not sure about what the show I'm going to get is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like if it was like last year's weird, like. <laughs> Non-event. It was almost like everyone was sitting in a restaurant, like, <laughs> but there was only like 20 people there. <laughs> Which kind of is a throwback to the early days <laughs> to of the, the early Oscars. Days. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't need to see that. So I don't need to see Danny that in Kay. the cinema. Yeah. Yeah, they had Danny Kaye. Is, is there a host this year? Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a great question. Who is yeah. it? It's the, it's um, the ladies. It's Sykes? Wanda Sykes? Wanda Sykes. And um, we're doing a whole show here on the Oscars. We don't know who the <laughs> fucking hosts are. Maybe <laughs> that's I, how much we care. I should have prepped that question earlier. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, any excuse to talk about movies is a good enough excuse for me. And today is Oscars Day. So let's talk about the Oscars. My name is Glenn Cochran. I'm here with Ben Helwig. And this is Good Movie Monday, the podcast dedicated to nerdy cinematic ramblings and it's great to have samantha back on the show as you know she's Hello. right here how are you i'm good it's been a whole um i don't know has it been what six months since you've been on oh, when God. was christmas <laughs> yeah when was christmas it feels six months ago four months ago there we go that's yeah, how long it's been it, it feels like six months let's yeah. just say that. <laughs> <laughs> um thank you to everybody for listening this is of course good movie monday and it can be found wherever you get your podcast from Plus, you can find a lot of bonus content on our social media pages, notably Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. But if you like those bite-sized bits of content, we have a TikTok account, which is pretty fun. And Ben, good job on last week's letterbox, mate. Thank you. That was a <laughs> mighty, mighty effort. We talked about obscure film franchises, and I did not expect you to put every single installment from each franchise there. I can't believe that's... You know I just... I just parrot the list you send me and I didn't read the, the comment afterwards that said just the first one's fine <laughs> until, until I'd done it like, great well I appreciate it I had a look at that and I was impressed but I tell you like it really, at the end of the day it was an extra five minutes while I was sitting on the toilet it wasn't that big a deal how often do I ever say I'm impressed with what you do Ben never unless you're on the toilet yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> when, when I usher you in to take a look <laughs> Does that look normal to you? <laughs> Are they supposed to be black? Good work, Ben. <laughs> Here's the fun part, though. Um, for those of you who are 
early birds and you know listen to our show bright and early when it drops on a Monday morning, then today's show will be especially interesting because we're going to try to predict uh, the winners for this year's Oscars, which um, are merely hours away. Uh, but don't worry, because if you've saved the show for later in the week, then you get to sort of see how wrong we were, which yeah. is, you know, fun my too. Fa- my favourite part is that well, usually right. the channel, well, okay, it used to be Channel 9. I don't know who it is now. Mm. But the Channel 9 coverage will start at prime time at yeah. 7 o'clock. Meanwhile, during the day, Channel 9 has spoilt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they announce the winners and you're like, well, then what's the point? Like the one station that you think <laughs> would keep their mouths shut. But now the nighttime uh, telecast is the encore because they do stream yeah, it. They, they do stream it live. Yeah. yeah. But they still, they still, they must do the ads live. Like we should ask Melzi because she works at Channel 9 <laughs> and she'll know how, how this all goes down. <laughs> but they seem to, like they... They will have it live, and the minute someone wins, then Peter Hitchener will be there in the commercial for yeah, the news going, yeah. and congratulations yeah. to Australia and Nicole Kidman for winning the, <laughs> you know. Well, they have nothing to fear on this show because we're only predicting because the uh, the actual ceremony hasn't dropped yet. Yeah. But um, the Good Movie Monday gang are back, which is good. We have Jarrett Garn coming up soon from Monster Pictures with um, his, his uh, download on what's coming out this week on Home Entertainment. Guillermo Troncoso from Screen Realm has some movie news, some good ones uh, this week as well. So some good news. Some good news. It's good news week. <laughs> yeah. It was in my head. But I, kept, I kept it in. <laughs> uh, Chloe Ritchie from Movie Night with the Ritchie Girls podcast is going to talk about one of her favourite Oscar winning movies. And then Joe Chad and James from Bonehead Weekly are going to do the same. So where do you two... Stand on the Oscars, like you know, we kind of touched on it at the we start, did, but yeah. you know, are you into it now? I, I, I was always into it, and then Jimmy, um, Kimmel, Kimmel, yeah, Jimmy, Kimmel. I always get them mixed up. He ruined it for Jimmy you. Jimmy Kimmel ruined it for me. Oh really? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that yeah. was actually where you're going with that. Yeah, no, I did not like his style of of. Um, and he he's too, he's responsible throw, right? for Oscar Gate, isn't he? He was hosting that year when they fucked up the award, oh, the, the yeah, winner. Yeah, I think he was. But yeah. then, wasn't Billy Crystal hosting the the, <laughs> the year of the My Cousin Vinny controversy, where and said he read the wrong name out when Marissa Tomei won oh. Best Supporting <laughs> Actress? Who did he read out? Do you remember? No, that's who he read out. But oh. that's that's the you know, and Marissa Tomei has said that like it it's it's been very hurtful because it's followed her entire career that it was oh. supposed to be someone else. And he read the name out by, by mistake and they just didn't fix it. Oh. Is that how that went down? So yeah. she, I knew she'd won the Oscar, yeah. but she shouldn't have? No, no, no. It, the Oscar, the, the Academy have repeatedly said officially it's 100% yep. it was Marissa Tomei. Yep. That's who should have won. Uh, right. But this, room, this urban legend yeah. sprung up because, you know, they oh. reckon, because Jack, I don't know if it was the year that Jack Palance uh, did the push ups and then maybe. He did that. I can't remember if it was on that or on Oprah, but what he was talk, they were talking about flight attendants, and he's like, "My day, they called them stewardesses, <laughs> or whatever his uh, his thing was." <laughs> but I can't remember if. But that's the, that was that year, and Jack Palance was the one presenting the best supporting. That's, that's the year Jack Palance came up and went uh, crap bigger than he does. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Straight from City Slickers. Yeah, this, it was the City Slickers. It was around the time of City Slickers. So Jack Palance, he, was, he won the Oscar for City Slickers. Yeah, yeah, he was he was back. Mm. Um, and yeah, so it's dogged her her entire career, right? Yeah, you know. <laughs> I I didn't know that aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. there you crazy. go. Always informative. Poor Marissa <laughs> today. And, then, and then and then I'll get a text message from Jarrett later in the week going, "No man, have a look on Wikipedia. It's wrong. <laughs> what you said is wrong." <laughs> oh, Lesson sorry. to be learnt: there is no internet involved with this show. So, we do yeah. not have Google at our disposal while we talk. But um, 
I mean, I I think it's fair to say that the Oscars now are a pale reflection on what they used to be. Yeah. Um, I think those '80s and '90s ceremonies were pretty unreal. Yeah, um, yeah it, but that was all the booze and cocaine that made them <laughs> yeah. so good. We'll just ignore the fact that the audience was full of sex. Well, that's why. Who was it that won? Was oh, it God. was it Christine Larty when she won? She was in the toilet. You know, in the toilet doing what? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a tinkle. Yeah. I liked the perceived <coughs> fake glamour of it all. And I think maybe like when it gets too real, like when we t- when they talk about politics and things like that, I don't want to – I mean, like, they you, always – It's always remember the platform when, for Remember it. when yeah. Marlon Brando won, though, and, and he the sent, in, he sent, he sent the, Indian, the Indian woman yeah. up yes, with the, right, yeah, yeah, to yeah. accept his award? That, that was received mm-hmm. mostly with booze as well. It yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. But I, I agree, though. Like, I don't think it's the platform for the political statement simply because you've got a worldwide audience of mm. all kinds of opinions. And, yeah, you know, yeah. They're very – I mean, they are, like – It's an insular industry, yeah, though. Exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like, it is Hollywood and they're really only talking mostly about Hollywood or and, America And there's general. a huge disconnect, let's face it, between them and the audience. You know, mm. they, yeah. they are not on the, <laughs> the yeah. same level. Like but it's like social media now with – like, they do the same thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I think I prefer, was it the Emmys, which is the Foreign Press Association? Oh, it's not the Emmys, though, is it? It's not the Golden um, Globes. Um, maybe it is. No, I think it is the Golden Globes. Yeah. And with the one that always had Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, like, Ricky or Ricky Gervais. Or Ricky Gervais. Like, those ones seem to be a lot fun, a lot more fun and yeah. entertaining mm-hmm. as yeah. award shows. That, yeah. And they're not as, you know, respectable, I Oscars guess, as the, as the Oscars. Yeah. 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 And yeah. which is, I think it, it's backfired for the Oscars because now the Oscars are, are, are stodgy. Oh, they're yeah. they're really struggling to to yeah. find their place in yeah. in the world at the moment, which is um interesting. Well, and look, that is the big problem too: is that we now live in a global yeah. society, yeah. and for them not to call it the American Film Awards, yeah, it it just seems to be like ridiculous. And the panel, the panel, like they try and include international people in the Academy yeah. who do the voting, mm. but it's still predominantly an American, yeah. Uh, it's an American. That's why there's a foreign language, a fo- yeah, yeah, like, you know, yeah, category. Yeah. yeah. Category. So, and you kind of think, well, it should that it should be replaced. It should be, you know, it's like I mean, the Americans have always been this arrogant. Like they call <laughs> like the, you know the world heavyweight champion yeah. is like American. it's an American world. thing. It's Miss not Universe. The yeah, mm. yeah. You know, although Miss Universe can be from anywhere, can't she? Well, she's they they do have they do yeah. yeah. That's a whole Trinidad world. and Tobago are, are oh. in there somewhere. Okay. I don't know, but I think that's a protectorate. But yeah. It's I, re- my, it's I my retract favorite. my statement. <laughs> it's my favorite, uh, or is that? Yeah, I'm not. Is that? Is it Miss Universe or is it? What's the Donald Trump one? That's Miss America, isn't it? Miss America, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Well, that's so in that, the name. Yeah, that's the yeah that <laughs> has the American. Yeah, Miss Universe is the one with the world. Yeah. Here is here's some um, interesting Oscars trivia for you. So the first Oscars was held in 1929, and it only went for 15 minutes long. Like the ceremony was 15 minutes, and that was 15. It. Yep. How many oh. awards did they present? I don't know. The first award for best film was Wings. That was the first film to win the award. Um, but I'm pretty sure it was maybe 10 awards. It was just a quick, you've won the award. Here it is. Next <laughs> award. Out. Here it is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't televised. You know, yeah. it was uh, it was probably okay. broadcast on radio. But yeah, yeah. Um, then from 1935 through to 1961, there was a juvenile award, which I find interesting, which was for best performance of anyone under the age of 18. So oh, I thought it was like they did fart gags. <laughs> <laughs> the, the most Everyone, juvenile person yeah. in the room. <laughs> they all they whoopee cushions on Class like one clown. on one out of every five seats. Yeah, you've yeah. got everyone in the front row warming their under, uh, their yeah. armpits up. You know, that's ready how to you go. applauded. Like you had to do the, <laughs> the you had to make the, make the fart noise. Yeah, 
<laughs> Some notable winners of that, though. Clearly, Shirley Temple won. Um, yeah. uh, Mickey Rooney, Judy Garland, Hayley Mills, Bobby Driscoll. And they weren't always best performance. Um, Shirley Temple won for contribution. They aren't, they aren't now, either. She won ah. for contribution to cinema, that mm. kind of thing. I think it was a tokenistic kind of award. Um, but from 1962 onwards, they sort of just got... The, the children were eligible for the adult awards. Yeah. So that's why they got rid of that. Uh, what else have we got there? There, um, do you know the Oscars' actual title is the Academy Award of Merit? That's actually oh, what it's really? called, the what's statue called? itself. Yeah, yeah. And the nickname Oscar came around in the 1930s. I was going to say, that's a lot to fit on a little plaque. It is. It is, yeah. <laughs> But no one actually knows the, the true story of where the name Oscar comes from. There's like four or five theories and no one can prove it, so. Yeah, I, I remember looking it up ages ago because I was like, what is it called, Oscar? Well, like I, Oscar. which actress is it? One, I don't know which actress. I should have researched this. Maybe Betty Davis or someone like that. Um, or Rita someone Hayworth. who drew their eyebrows on. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and had, had triangle boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Pyramid boobs. Pyramid boobs that and Madonna. illustrated <laughs> eyebrows. <laughs> Madonna was a throwback. <laughs> but um, one of them claimed that it was named after her husband because, you know, she on stage said something to the effect of like, oh, it looks like my husband, Oscar. Uh, yeah. Maybe it know. looked like her husband's junk. And that <laughs> yeah. was her nickname. And she went home and sat on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why now if you push the, if you push the, the, the it button rotates. on the bottom, it, it vibrates. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a rabbit. Oscar the rabbit. <laughs> uh, and finally, um, Godfather 2 and Return of the King are the only sequels that have won Best Picture. I saw that Return of the King. I mean, that's a third. I I've com- I didn't realize it that. Shit me won. when that one. It shit me when that one because I, I think it's the least best of the three. Like you know, I think Fellowship of the Ring should have won for best film if a Lord of the Rings uh, is going to win yeah. at all. I don't think any of them should have won best film personally, but yeah, I remember looking down like the just like quickly looking down like all of them, and I saw that there, and I'm like. It just felt weird to see it there because I was thinking, in my head, I think about it like the Marvel films yeah, and stuff. It's, it's like one I, thing. Yeah, like I just don't know why that one won. But like uh, to me, Spider-Man was, can't win. Well, or, Jared you know mentioned I mean? that actually um, recently uh, on I think last week's show. Or, yeah, it was when he was saying that um, he doesn't understand why something like Black Panther can win Best Film, mm. which, you know, many people will feel feel is a bit tokenistic mm. and yet something like Spider-Man which is a better film doesn't even get a nod. Yeah. But we get into that stuff later because yeah, I'm yeah. definitely going to bring mm. that kind of thing into it but um cool. anyway so there's some trivia for you as far as Lord of the Rings goes I think that was massively tokenistic. You've done maybe three films a, now and maybe you know, it was a slow yeah. year. But then I, don't, I think it was more of an achievement award. Like you've done uh, three uh, epic uh, movies yeah, and it's like yeah. here you go here's yeah. something for it. But yeah. that's the th- I mean more so than any other than any other kind of trilogy that I can really think of apart from Superman 1 and 2 not yeah. 3 but 1 and 2 which are basically like Superman is half a film yeah yeah Superman 2 is the second half of that same story yeah same with Lord of the Rings like Lord yeah. of the Rings is it's one film it's one long wow. film so you know if all three yeah you know if you if someone had the you know the the ass mm-hmm. strength to sit there and watch all nine hours <laughs> in a row without the, you know, without the numbness creeping in yep. and the pins and needles and all that sort of stuff, then yeah, maybe that that trilogy would have deserved the win. Yeah, yeah, yeah but as a whole, yeah, as a whole. Mm. But and, and the speaking of trilogies, The Godfather, all three films were nominated for best film, like 
And one and two mm. won. One and two yeah, won. Godfather's yeah. the only one where, where consecutive. Two, yeah, well, yeah. two out of the same franchise mm. yes. have won. Yes, but number three was nominated. So that's like each film in that series was wow. Oscar worthy, that's according crazy. to some. Um, but as you can guess from uh, from this intro, it's going to be a fucking long <laughs> show in Oscar's tradition. Um, it's about time we throw it over to Jarrett. Hey, this is Jarrett and welcome to PE Class. Now I'm going to start this week's segment with some news and that is that Universal Sony Pictures Home Entertainment will be releasing two titles from the Studio Canal catalogue to 4K Ultra HD for the very first time in April and May. The first of which is Walter Hill's 1978 feature The Driver starring Ryan O'Neill, Bruce Dern and Isabella Gianni. And the second one, the one I'm most excited about is tentatively slated for May 4th. We'll see if it happens because it hasn't been announced in the UK yet and typically the UK market dictates the local market when it comes to Studio Canal releases. That title is Lewis Teague's anthology horror, Cat's Eye, based on a bunch of short stories by Stephen King. This film stars Drew Barrymore and James Woods. So I'm particularly excited about that one, but knowing that it probably won't be porting any of the special features from Umbrella's Blu-ray, I'll likely hang on to that one as well. Then moving on to this week's releases. First up from Universal Sony and from the Paramount catalogue is Scream, or as I like to call it, Scream 5, because why? It's the fifth fucking film in the franchise, and there's already been a Scream. It's being released on all the formats, 4K, Ultra HD, Blu-ray, and DVD. Now the 4K and Blu-ray have special features. They've got an audio commentary, deleted scenes, and full featurettes. My only gripe with this release is the fact that Paramount have not opted to include the Dolby Atmos track with this release. And in fact, it's not going to be on the UK or US release either. So I can only hope some Germans might come through with the goods at some point in time. Then moving on to Disney, they've got two releases this week. The first of which is Death of the Nile on 4K Ultra HD, Blu-ray and DVD. And both the 4K and Blu-ray have four featurettes and eight deleted scenes. Now the 4K's got Dolby Atmos because they know how to do it. They're doing it right. Anyway, I haven't seen this one and admittedly I was not a fan of Kenneth Branagh's adaptation of Murder on the Orient Express, but I'm willing to give this one a look in. Then the last release from Disney from the Searchlight catalogue is Eyes of Tammy Faye. It's getting a release on Blu-ray and DVD. Surprisingly, Blu-ray had a limited theatrical release. I'm surprised it's even getting a physical release. I thought they'd just stick it on like Disney Plus Star and be done with it. Anyway, there is a special feature on the Blu-ray release. It's a 26-minute documentary. So there you go. Anyway, that's it for me for this week. So until next time, stay physical. Good Movie Monday is made possible with help from Kaiju Beer. Unashamedly intense Australian craft beer. <laughs> Alrighty, let's let's predict some winners. Let's talk about this year's awards. It uh, doesn't matter if either of you have or haven't seen all of them. Um, it's basically just like throwing a dart at the board, really, yeah. when you're predicting winners. Cool. Um, alrighty, so I guess we'll go. We'll only touch upon the main ones. So, best film, best actor, supporting, um, and then director. I'll, I'll cool. run through some before we go on to all of those. Let me just reel off the names of the films that are up for best picture, and then we can come back to them at the end to actually do the predictions. So, up for best film, we got uh, Belfast. Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. We can talk about the uh, amount of films a bit yeah, later. That's ridiculous. Um, but let's <laughs> begin with Best Actor and Actress. Uh, so, actor, we've got um, Javier Bardem. How do you say his first name, Ben? Is it Javier? Savior? Javier. Javier Bardem. Javier. I'm good with names. Mm -hmm. uh, for being the Ricardos. 
Benedict Cumberbatch for Power of the Dog, Adam Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith for King Richard, and Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth. So we can have 10 films nominated, but not 10 actors? What's going on? Yeah, that seems a little strange. Odd. Yeah. Mm. Odd. So, I mean... And that's... I always find it odd when the best actor... Nom- like, And it's true this year for both best actor, best actress, best supporting actor, and best supporting actress. Yep. Uh, although I was watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood again today, and <laughs> the little, when... when um, uh, what's her name is talking to the little girl before they, yep. they do their scene, Leonardo DiCaprio, yep. and she's like, the term actress is ridiculous. And you're like, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah. Like, you're an actor. Yeah. You're not an actress. Yep. Yeah. You're an actor. But wasn't there at one point in time it was male actor and female actor? What, at the Oscars at the or, Oscars just, or, in or just in general? I, just, I don't know. Maybe both. Like, <laughs> <clears throat> Jinx. I mean I, I mean, I don't care about such things either way. Like, I, mean, I don't care if it's best actor, best actress, Female actor, female act, like female mm. actor. Maybe they, maybe they should. No. They should just ten best actors, and it could be and male or female. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. I'm, that, I'm up for that. Yeah, but wouldn't you need more than ten though? Wouldn't it be like? Well, it's five now, so ten you're just doubling up. Like just uh, incorporate so, yeah. them just into one. Them both. Yeah. But yeah, but it could be twenty. But <laughs> I guess hard. you have to. You have to. You have to ensure that. I suppose you would have to ensure that they're making. Fifty percent of the films being made have but, yeah. female leads, like not, and not like you're just the the woman in the movie who gets fifty percent of the lines, but you're well, just the, here's the, the other thing too, or They're, the love interest. Yeah, yeah, you're an actual. Here's the other thing too is that moving forward, the Oscars are introducing all of this criteria for you know nominees to have like even the films have to tick certain certain boxes. It's oh, like really? yeah, so the diversity things coming into it, it's got to have representation from all these different ways. It's like. Some films aren't about that, like, but they won't be able to contend because they haven't ticked the boxes. That's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. That's like but when I used to work at Borders and we had to do end cap <laughs> displays yeah. and I was I had the movie section yeah. and the rule was that there had to be at least 10 copies of whatever the books on the end caps. The yep. thing. In the movie section, they didn't have 10 copies of any of those books. No. But and my displays were awesome, and I could never win the award for best display because I could never meet that criteria. I'm still bitter about it, Sean Haley. <laughs> but I'm as far bitter. As, but as far as you saying before, like maybe twenty, you know, nominations, they kind of do because they whittle it down to what we get. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, they true. go through that process. Yeah. Anyway, who do you think is going to win Best Actor? It is funny that this year yeah. there's what one, two, three, three of the Best Actor nominees out of five are in films that aren't nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. It's strange. Yeah. It's strange. I'm just going to put it out there and say I think Benedict Cumberbatch is going to win. <gasps> That's my choice too. Well, you're allowed to have that as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, no, sorry, I'll take more, it back. Um, I was more like happy that you thought the same thing because I actually was looking at them all and obviously I haven't seen all of the other uh, films that like Will Smith and um, mm-hmm. Denzel Avina, I haven't seen those. Um, and so I kind of obviously was at a disadvantage not having seen them, mm. but having seen Power of the Dog, I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. Yep. Yeah. I just don't think Will Smith's ever done anything that deserves an Oscar. <gasps> <laughs> Six degrees of... Uh... <laughs> Hitch? <laughs> Hitch is Oscar worthy. All right. He has to get Kevin James laid. <laughs> if, and he, no, he has to get... He, he has to get him... Amber Val- is Amber Valletta the a supermodel? Ridiculous! Now that is a performance. That's a job. That's a job of work. <laughs> Who do you think's gonna win? Look, I, I look. I think. Yeah, look. 
unfortunately, you're probably right. It probably is Benedict Cumberbatch. I don't think he is the best. Yep. I think yep. I think Andrew Garfield. Mm-hmm. Funnily enough, like I, I have I have not seen Tragedy Macbeth. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I I can't mm-hmm. judge Denzel Washington's no. performance, but. Out of those ones, I think I think Andrew Garfield probably deserves the nod because Tick Tick Boom. He was excellent in Tick Tick mm. Boom. Yep. Uh, although, it's it's one of those things that you're like, how do you define the best performance? Because like every just about every scene of that of Tick Tick Boom, you kind of you're tearing up, or it's like it's some like super emotional bit. It's the story. It's the yeah. yeah that's yeah. the story. Is it like is his just because he can make himself look like he's about to cry for 90 minutes straight mm. <laughs> doesn't make yeah does it does it but that's that's why it's so difficult trying to choose anyone because you you yeah. have to you have to kind of create your own um, categories in your head as to who you think deserves yeah. who you liked it more than someone else i mean there's mm-hmm. only 3 of us here yeah but well, it's two. It's two out of three. Yeah. So I don't know. It's very hard. It well, hard. let's move on to best actress. We've got Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers, Nicole Kidman for Being the Ricardos, and Kristen Stewart for Spencer. Uh, firstly, why is there Amelia Jones in this category? I think she probably deserves the Oscar um, for Coda, but um, I'm going to go with Kristen Stewart. I think she'll win. I didn't like the film at all. Or very much, yeah. um, but her performance was pretty amazing. So, yeah, see, yeah, I've only seen one film, okay, out of this, so I have to go for Nicole Kidman because I don't know what the others are like mm. yeah. in, that, in in their films. I haven't seen, you know, mm. any of them. Yeah. I haven't seen any of them. But yep. uh, Nicole Kidman actually did a good job. Yeah, I thought in being the Ricardos, it mm. t- it takes it takes about ten minutes t- to forget that it's Nicole Kidman. Oh, really? With Makeup on to make her look like yeah. this, but you do forget. Yeah. That's the point. But you do get you yeah. do get there, and it is she is quite good. Like mm. you do, she stops being the cold kidman, yeah. yeah. Which I think is which I. I can only think of really one or two films where I felt that that she's done that. But yeah. you could argue yeah. that that's just your perception because okay. well, yeah, of course, simply well, because like everyone, it's you can't yeah. you can't mm. tell that those first scenes where she was Nicole Kidman in your mind were shot first. Like you know she's. Playing yeah, the no, same it's, level all the way through, all the mm. way through. Yeah, the, that's right. You can't. Yeah, it's, but it's it's yeah, it's the same as it, the problem with someone like Nicole Kidman though is that she's had a lot of work done. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's hard. You get distracted by the fact that she doesn't look like a real person anymore. <laughs> so it's well, that is I always mean, hard. She, I mean, yeah. I I kind of disagree a little bit because like what she did in Big Little Lies like she was very plain down like she was um yeah. she looked very yeah. natural and normal in that I think it's just mm. I don't know maybe it was the that's fact that's that she was ago. dressed up no no it's not no. not too long it's ago not too long but ago. Um, maybe it is because she was dressed up <laughs> as <laughs> Lucille Ball that yeah. it made her just look that bit more it's very clownish fake. it's like yeah. Lucille's yeah. To, to play is very clown like mm. yeah look I didn't it wasn't too much of a problem in Bombshell yeah but I, um, I, I didn't know I didn't know the person she was sure. playing in Bombshell. No. Sure. Um, but it's just like, and a lot of that plastic surgery, the Botox and all that sort of stuff yep. is so normalized now because everyone's doing it. Like, you know, women in their 20s are getting mm. Botox. The other yeah. thing too is Botox wears off so she can change her appearance. You know, yeah. maybe yeah, because of life, yeah. she just didn't go to the Botox and therefore maybe, she looked. Yeah. But she, I mean, there's this, <laughs> like at the start, I was like, was it looking a bit Jack Nicholson as the Joker in uh, <laughs> oh, Batman. <no. laughs> And there's like, yeah, when she tries to show genuine joy, you're like, you can't, your face doesn't let you do that anymore. Oh, do you remember when she said, where do they get a load of me? me yeah. 
And then she did the bat dance. <laughs> that was the best part. I haven't Look, seen the. This I is haven't... a TikTok moment. The <laughs> oh, yeah. Kidman doing the bat bring, dance. Bring us back on track, Sam. Who do you think is going to um, win? I had Kristen Stewart too. Honestly, I haven't seen it, but yeah. I've seen bits. And I've seen Nicole Kidman play it, um, yep. Lucille Ball as well. And I just went with. I just thought that it was so different for Kristen Stewart hmm. that I was happy for her. I think she nailed the Diana Spencer character that we know, mm. like that the media portrayed. Yeah. I think that's where she took her cues from. It mm. has to be where she took her cues from. But the story itself felt completely fabricated oh, and okay. not realistic at mm. all. And it was a psychological spiral into madness and it yeah. sort of was not... How I would imagine um, things went. Yeah. I just have I had no I have no real interest in the royal family. Yeah, I have no interest in Princess Diana. Yeah, I the fact that she died, yes, a tragedy. Yep. Mm. impacted my life not at all. Yep, like fair enough. Like, and I have no interest in watching the movie because of it. Because like, yeah. yeah, you know, it's not like like even in, at least in the King's speech, like he's trying to do it because the nation's about to go into war and he is a figurehead yeah. and he yeah. has mm-hmm. he has a job, Diana. No jobs, like what landmines. Well, <laughs> like she, that's maybe, her, like a cha- charity. Like she had she had a very big impact, like yeah. uh, culturally yeah. she did, and socially. and socially she mm. did as well. She but they have no role anymore. No, no, no. But she, they're social um, media stars now. The royal family, yeah. they're not. When she came around, that was different, and it was. Um, I don't know. She normalized a lot of aspects about royal. Anyway, yeah. well, that and was, have that conversation. That's, another the yeah, yeah. That's, that's the thing that's so ridiculous about yeah. it, though, is that she's like Donald. You know, Donald Trump you know, won the the hearts of the poor, poor people because he's like, because mm. they thought he's one of them. And you're like, this guy fucking, <laughs> he's a billionaire. But if he's you, no different to any look, of the other politicians, and I know, except yeah. that he can't keep his temper and he's got a potty mouth. Look, I know it's melodrama, but like if you invest some time watching The Crown, it gives you some context as mm. to why she's relevant and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. um, let's move on. Otherwise, this show's just going to yep. go for like four <laughs> hours. Um, we're up to supporting Support actors. Him. So we've got uh, Kieran Hines for Belfast, Troy Kotzer for Coda, Jesse Plemons for Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons for Being the Ricardos, and Cody Smith-McPhee for Power of the Dog. Uh, this is an interesting one. I think um, I want Troy Kotzer from Coda to win. Is that the dad or the yeah, brother? Yeah, the dad. Okay. Um, he's a non. He, well, he's not a non-actor, but he's not. No, uh, he's he's been in so many films. He's a prolific deaf actor. Oh, really? Yeah. Same yeah. with the, when the wife won the Oscar. You know, she was the one that accused William Hurt of being um, a bit uh, rapey. She gave a very nice eulogy. <laughs> yes. Um. So I want him was to he, win. Was he rapey or touchy? Well, I don't know. This I didn't is another story that we probably know. shouldn't bring into the show, but mm-hmm. in her memoirs, she accused him of uh, rape, but then sort of, in a way, contextualized a moment that got out of control that began consensual and didn't end. Uh, and he came out and acknowledged it at the time. Right. And he goes, I apologize profusely. It's not how I recollect the moment, mm. but I understand how you think it was that way. And I'm not that person anymore. So he kind of did address mm. it publicly. Yeah. Right. And when he died, a lot of people came out saying, don't forget he's that asshole that raped her. It's like, yeah, well, yeah come on, add that. the context to this yeah, story because yeah. it's not quite she, that. she, yeah, she said nice So they start together him. in Children of a Lesser God, which she won the Oscar for, mm. and she's a real deaf actress and she's been prolific in lots of things. Mm. Um, and, yeah, she's the mother in this. Anyway, I think for Best Supporting <laughs> Actor, he should win. I have a funny feeling that Jesse Plemons is going to take it, which I think is undeserving, but, you know. Yeah, I I struggled with this. I actually didn't pick anyone because I did, I haven't seen Coda. Yep. 
Um, so I just couldn't pick anyone, honestly. I Fair just, enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, sitting on the fence with that one, Ben. Yeah. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm just going through, just having a quick look at the, <laughs> at the other <laughs> nominees because I can't think of, like, no, like, I agree totally. Like, none of the, none of the performances I thought were, the films didn't hinge on any of these. And I know that they're supporting actors, but sometimes... It makes a difference. Sometimes yeah, you, yeah. Like you look at a supporting actor and you're like, you know... Well, what would the future be without Tommy Lee Jones? And he won for supporting actor. Yeah. Well, it's like... <laughs> but I, look at, I look at Best Supporting Actress and, like, once again, there's a couple I haven't seen, but Kirsten Dunst in Power of the Dog, like, she's a force in that movie. She she's was my favourite thing about that film. She's yeah, a pivotal same. character. Oh God, she has a major role. Yeah. The other ones, Judy Dench in, you know, Kieran Hines and stuff, I always thought, I thought they were kind of minor roles. Like, they were, they're there in the periphery. They have a pivotal the, role, but I get what you're saying. But the, nothing hinges on them. No. Mm. Like, and, you know, they J.K. Deli- Simmons, yeah. J.K. Simmons has a great bit in... Like a great couple of bits in yeah. the Ricardos, and he is a great performance, but only one moment of levity. Like, yeah, there. oh no, no, he, I think mm. his whole thing, like right at the start when he's talking about beating up the little kid for being a commie. Oh yeah, no, like, like he's great. he's got some great bits in it. But I feel like but he's, is that best performance or I, is that just delivering some I mean, lines? I know yeah. he's based on the real life character, but at the same time, I feel like his one monologue with her outside the studio mm. is. The only reason he was in there, like yeah, no, yeah. his oh, character's no, only real purpose in that film. Mm. No, that well, the, I think there's the scene where he explains to her that no one else knows mm. that um, Desi Arnaz runs the show. Yeah, yeah, like, I, that, guess, that, I guess I guess that there's part stitched two, through, yep. and then there's the stuff at the. I mean, it is hard. Like I do his line about uh, a little piece of a man dies <laughs> when the first time somebody calls him old. Aww. Like it's a hundred percent. Like it, yeah. it's a real moment. <laughs> I had that moment today. I can yeah. tell you. <laughs> like it's, it's a genuine thing. Self-inflicted. Though. I looked yeah. at a photo of myself. And I'm like, fucking hell! I look like the old man filter from Snapchat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so every time you take a photo of us at the movies, yeah, totally. I was like, oh, I forgot that's how I look. <laughs> All right, so who are you going for? Like, just a prediction, whether you want them to win or not. I reckon J.K. Simmons. Okay, and actress, we've got Jesse Buckley from The Lost Daughter. Supporting. Uh, Yes, yeah, supporting. Uh, Ariana DeBose or DeBose for West Side Story, Judy Dench for Belfast, Kirsten Dunst for Power of the Dog, and I can't pronounce this name. I'm very sorry, but. Yuan Juni Elise, the King Richard actress. Um, you, Yuan Juni, I can't fucking pronounce it. I've done you it. You did a great job. Oh, thanks. Do you know how it's to like pronounce it's it? Something like it's not like Ongenu. Ongenu. Oh. Okay, there we go. Ongenu. It's French. Bloody yeah, hell. Ongenu. I think it. I think that's what. It's not how you spell Ongenu. I'm, I'm, I'm just living up to my I reputation of not getting <laughs> any of them right. Just uh, from, like, I listened to it, uh, one of the interviews with. With one of the screenwriters, and yeah. I think that's how I would hate to be a cricket commentator. Let me just put it that way. Yeah, um, <laughs> I reckon Kirsten Dunst deserves it. I think she should win it, and I think she will. I agree. Yeah, I think she was. 100%. I think she was like I didn't really like Power of the Dog, but I thought she was she was great in it. Mm-hmm. But I also like I wouldn't be upset if Ariana DeBose won for West Side Story because I thought she was really good in that. Yep. Too. Yep. Mm. Excellent. All right. So now we're on to best and director. Again, haven't seen Haven't seen The Lost Order, so I don't know. Yeah. yeah no. Yep. Mm. All right, we're on to Best Director. So we've got Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. Another one of these names. Ryusuke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car. Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza. Jane Campion for Power of the Dog. And Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. 
I think that Paul Thomas Anderson should win this one. I think James Campion will win this one. So that's my prediction. I I would be really dis... I don't want to say it. Do like it. That. No, it sounds so horrible. I'd be disappointed if Jane Campion won. Um, I, yeah, I mean, we'll get into it when we talk about the, this okay. film. But um, my, I, I really want Kenneth Brenner to win, yeah. to be honest. Um, again, I said I haven't seen Belfast. It seems so weird to, like, choose someone without having seen the movie. But I love all his other movies, and mm-hmm. I just think he... He deserves it. I don't know. And from the from the looks of the film, from the trailers and mm-hmm. clips and everything, I just I thought it looked really good. Okay. Alrighty. So Yeah, look, I'm I'm in a bit of trouble with this one. I <laughs> look I I probably think Guillermo del Toro is yeah. my pick and he's not nominated. No. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I always kind of feel like the best director should be attached to best film. Like, yeah. Yeah, like it should right. be, make yeah, sense yeah. to it me. It should be 10 sense. and if your film is nominated for best film. Then like, you're automatically, automatically nominated. nominated for best director. Like yeah. it's, it's a weird one. Um, oh, look, it's a tough one. Look, I like the licorice pizza. I didn't love it as much as a lot of people me? seem to. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Like I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was good, but I thought it was also ultimately... I just wasn't that impressed with the with the main thrust of the story. Sure. So it's not it's not really about the film. Mm-hmm. It's it's more about the screenplay, sure. I guess. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, best. Who who do you think will win, regardless of whether you want them to? I mean, look, just in terms of scale of film, mm-hmm. and it, I think I think Spielberg should win. Yep. Like I don't think I don't know if he will, but I think it is. Really? It's such a the film is on such a grand scale. Sure, yeah. It has so many moving parts, mm. and like mm. from a technical. I was about to say workload. Te- technically, yes. it's one, probably the most impressive to pull off as well as he did of all these. Mm. Simply, yeah. because, and I think people really dismiss it too easily uh, and flippantly because yeah, it's a it's musical a remake as well. and a remake, yeah. I mean, and it's and it's a, almost a beat by beat kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. If you look at it, all the others are character dramas. Yeah, mm. yeah, mm. which Definitely. you know. Whereas West Side Story is like a, a massive period piece. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think it's more old win. school, isn't it? Like, I mean, we're going to talk about it yeah. later, but I reckon that it's something that would, well, did win. Would have won. In would have won. Yeah, yeah for yeah, sure. Yeah, but now it's gone down the path, like with the it being really technical and. and, and well, here's the other thing, like, and changed. this is, look, I'm going to strip it down to real basics, and I know it's not as simple as this, so don't you know, come at me, but <laughs> like something like Power of the Dog or the or Licorice Pizza, it's about essentially putting the camera, pointing it at something, you've, you've put stuff there for it to look at, but you're out in the open, you you know, these places are already there, you've just uh, taken yeah, your, yeah. your crew to the location, whereas Spielberg talking. has built his universe from scratch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And not only That's that, like he's choreographed it and he's like, not only the yeah. dance choreographed, but the camera is choreographed. And mm. I find, like you said, a very technical achievement. I don't think it should win best film personally, mm. which will move on to best film. So there's 10 of these to name again. And Bel- thank you for holding me back then, Sam, because I was going to go in. <laughs> <laughs> weren't, you, weren't you nodding in agreement with me? <laughs> no, that was, that was... Just my head <laughs> trying to go before my body to get to you. What to was your tear issue? What was your issue? No, no, no just because you said uh, don't come at me because ah. of this. God, missed. Yeah, I'm you slow missed the on gag. the slow on the beat there. Far out, my God. You okay, ruined it. I did. Uh, Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, 
uh, Power of the Dog and West Side Story. I'm disappointed that two films are not included. I wanted Pig to be nominated for Best oh, Film, yeah. and I wanted yeah, um, The Killing of Two Lovers to be nominated as well, and they were both ignored, so fuck you, Academy. Uh, I... I want Coda to win. I changed my tune on this. Um, I originally wanted um, Licorice Pizza to win, but now I want Coda to win because I've watched it twice and had a loved it the first time, adored it the second time, and think it's a superior film to its original counterpart. So, yeah. um, which is the was it the Blyer family, the original? Yeah, the yeah Bellia. Because yeah. Be- Bellia family, because I think the change in setting in Coda resonates harder so in the in the original film they're farmers and in this one they're fisher, fishermen oh. and i think the fisherman story just has so much more resonance and drama to mm. it that I, I like this film more than the original and i i think it's such a great film oh, so that um that's my my vote is for coda i think it will win and i want it to win oh is it my turn <laughs> whoever wants we'll to go next i was just waiting because i've always been last uh look i look i'm probably rooting for nightmare alley to be honest. And this was, it was one that I put off watching for a long time. Would yeah. you root while watching Nightmare Alley? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Nice. yeah. I edged my way through it. <laughs> you did through Shape of Water, didn't you? Certainly did. Uh, I, I, I edged my way through all of these. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I watched them all in one sitting, all 10 films. I mean, you... Kept myself at, at full mast we the all whole know that, time. We all know that By you... By the time I finished, the blisters on my hand... <laughs> We all know that you edge your way through Guillermo segments on this show, so it's a Guillermo thing. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. I mean, look, I yeah, look, I, I think like it's like it's a tough one. Like, but yeah, look, I I kind of disagree about Coda. I liked Coda. I thought it was good, but I, I just thought it was a small film. I, that's just my opinion. Sure, like, it, it does. Like, it certainly tugs on the heartstrings. I just there were some other performances I didn't really like. I didn't like. I don't like. I didn't really like the guy. From, the brother. The, no, like you know, the whiny stuff, I, and the, the him and the best friend screwing mm-hmm. him, and like their thing at the cop. I didn't like. Like I, f- I found the family unlikable. Sure, uh, they were unlikable. They were though. unlikable. Yeah. yeah, and I, I just kind of you know, and the, yeah, the the few kind of comedic moments about them screwing all the time, Marley Matlin and uh, <laughs> but and, and also not having any idea of how loud how they are. How loud they are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like yeah, they they were fun bits, but not it just didn't do it for me. Sure. Um, but whereas like in Nightmare Alley like yeah it's a bit hard like I did I really liked Drive My Car I thought that was great yep is it best picture worthy I wouldn't I always find so. it weird when they include these foreign films into the best picture category when there is a, well there's, a, there's a foreign category yeah, well, yeah. yeah look I can understand it with Parasite because Parasite was like a phenomenon yeah mm. like it it got a made it got a, it, it a hit, wide it release it hit the main audience yeah. Yeah. so yeah. mainstream it's Totally, it legitimately deserves to be, to be, to be there because yeah. it did. It had just as much of a release as all the other films. But then it comes back to what you're saying at the start about it should just be the American awards. Like, yeah, well, that's right. Mm. But but in in the US, I thought it got a wide release. Drive My Car would have played what a hundred a mm. hundred cinemas nationwide for yeah. two weeks. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, and it, it was on streaming, right? Um, I don't think it has hit streaming. Oh, really? No, oh, I thought it did. It might have, mm. but I, I don't. I don't know. It's hard to tell these days, especially mm. in the US. Or maybe it was, you know, one of the like the Disney type thing where you pay, you oh. pay fifty bucks mm. for yeah. an early yeah. thing. I don't know. Um, yeah. So look, I, yeah. Look, I, I just think Nightmare Nightmare Alley. He created he created a whole universe in that film. Mm-hmm. Mm. And as much as 
there is a part of it that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Like the entire first first two thirds of the film and then the last Yeah, the middle act sags. Yeah, like yeah. right in the yeah. Like it's almost like well, okay, so the the first two fifths of mm-hmm. the film I thought were excellent. Yep. And the last two fifths were excellent. Yep. And the middle fifth, yeah. the middle part. I agree with you. Too, you know, I struggled. Great. I struggled with that film, but I do agree with that. But um, mm. yeah, I did. I did really like it. I thought it was. It's probably a more complex film than Shape of Water. Yep. But I liked Shape of Mo- Shape of Water. There's a lot more to like. Yeah. Mm. Like the characters it's an are, to watch. are. Yeah. Yeah. Are a lot more yeah. likable. You like the the sea sex. Um, yeah. I did. <laughs> I like I like any movie where a woman has sex with a monster. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, or if a man wants, but if a man wants to do it, like I mean, I suppose you know, an argument could be said that when when uh, Michael Shannon has sex with his wife, once again, it's another woman having sex with a monster. Well, what about uh, Splash? Yeah, oh, fair yeah. enough. But did she have the scales when they do it? Tell me they didn't do it yeah, with the scales on. He would have tried it. Yeah, absolutely. He would have given it a go. Damn straight. And we've all seen those videos of how how randy dolphins can be. Yeah, you reckon it would have been? You uh, know it. The question is whether John Candy got some. Yeah, that's right. On the oh. side. Or Donovan Scott, depending if you watch part one or two. Yeah. Can you, yeah. Is it infidelity if it's with a fish? <laughs> that's, <laughs> a, that's a tough question. Yeah. yeah. Does it count? But yeah, so for me, Nightmare Elliot. All right, Sam? Um, yeah, I don't know. It was really hard. I, I didn't... I watched two films, um, which is Don't Look Up and mm-hmm. Power of the Dog. And unfortunately... Both of them were really disappointing. Don't look up does not belong in this list. I don't it's know if so you agree, but strange. it's stupid that yeah. it's in there. I mean, I thought that um, the very end of Don't Look Up was really good, mm-hmm. but not because just it was the, the, the end. Nude, the nude part. <laughs> no, no, not, no <laughs> before that. Scenes. Before that, the oh. scene before that where like they're at the table. I don't want to ruin it, but um, I like the part. I lo- my favorite part of the whole film is when she forgets about. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Seth, is it Seth? Is Jonah it? Hill. Jonah Hill. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. When she forgets yeah. about it, that's of the whole film. Yeah, it's that part, and then the part where the general charges them, for, like tries yeah. to. Oh, yeah. them for oh the God, that was funny. <laughs> like the only that two gags really in the film that I thought yeah. really worked, and, and, yeah. and a running gag that worked. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. But um, yeah. yeah, I liked a lot of things about that film, but overall, I didn't like it at I all. I thought it was weird to be in the list as well. I I didn't understand that, but then I watched Power of the Dog, and again, I was really disappointed. First of all, I actually agree. You know Sam Elliott. <laughs> we had this yeah, conversation yeah. the other week. I actually agree with him. Why shoot in New Zealand when it's meant to be Montana and it's clearly All right, this is New controversial. Zealand. Well, I'm sure there's – I can tell you why. Yeah. Because they would have got a lot of money from the New Zealand Film Commission to shoot but there. It doesn't look right and it really threw me off. Yeah. Well, it no, you're right. It off. doesn't look right. But as um, Jane Campion's retort to that is quite correct, mm. Sergio Leone made a career out of making westerns in Italy and Spain and, and – Clint Eastwood's career was forged on that. Yeah, Would Sam Elliott say the same about that as mm. he did with Jane Campion? That's the question. Yeah, well, I mean, it's fair enough. I'm a very visual person. I like production design is really huge. Yeah. On It's on it's on the top of my list most of the time because I need to be, like, really pulled into the world, right? And so it did actually bother me. I thought, because when I first heard, I heard Sam Elliott's comments yeah. before I watched it. And I, yeah, was, and I same. was just like... Which means they're on your mind you know, when you're watching it. Whatever, yeah. Sam, whatever. And then so I watched it, not even really thinking about what he said. Mm. Um, and But I actually agreed. I thought that it really took me out. And maybe it 
because I, I actually thought in my head, I'm like, what if someone from Montana is watching this right now? And they're just like, what the hell? Well, I mean, at the same time, how many movies are made in Vancouver that are yeah, supposed to be LA? And, and Australia this... makes movies that are American that yeah, are clearly Australia. Yeah, and that bothers me too. Maybe it could just be an, an issue that I have. Imagine how many movies you watch and you don't realise they're not shot where they're supposed to be. I know. Uh, my f- my friend will tell you that I can, I'm actually pretty good at picking things. Like, I will be like, Let's call this friend on the phone. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. Everyone's got that friend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> friend. What's their name? Give me their number. <laughs> we're going ver- to verify it. this a lot live on I the show. I can Hello, pick Sam's where, friend? I can yes. pick where things are made. and But most of the time it doesn't bother me. Yeah. This time it did and maybe it's because I actually wasn't overly um, enamoured with this with the storyline yeah. anyway. But I don't I don't hate it. I think it was beautiful. I thought mm. it was shot the cinematography was yeah. incredible. But I actually was just really disappointed with it. And Cowboys in Middle Earth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that, that part didn't bother me. I yeah. just I found that the whole film was just awkward and uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't like anyone in it. And just mm. because it has a pretty good like end, like yeah. And it's not even really the third act. It's the third act twist. Yeah, yeah. Which, and you know, is, which is five minutes of a 90 minute. Yeah. You know, no, but no. Because each, I think every film except for maybe Coda and King Richard goes over two hours. Yeah. In, in yeah. The, in this yeah, even Don't thing. Look Up was so long. Mm. They're all long. Mm. Five minutes out of a two hour plus film does yeah. not a great movie no, make in my I opinion. Agree. No, there was totally. no build up whatsoever. Or there was anxiety. Actually, that was one thing that I found with Don't Look Up and Parallel Dog. I had such heightened anxiety watching both of these films. Hmm. It was like I was like shaking. I, I like weird. that you said that Sam Elliott was right because I think that whole issue with him has been blown out of proportion. I think so. He was just asked a, an opinion and he gave yeah. it, right? And he's clearly pissed off about certain things, right? Yeah. But he's right in many ways. I think Jane Campion's right in what she said in response. Yeah, like it's just enough. they're just yeah. different opinions. Mm. You can't be wrong with an opinion. Yeah. But the one thing he said that is absolutely on the money which I was talking to you about the other day Ben is that he doesn't take his chaps off. No. He goes to bed in his fluffy chaps. Oh, and it's like you're talking about Benedict Cumberbatch's yeah. character. Yeah, he doesn't take so them funny. off at all. Like he comes downstairs for a smoke in the middle of the night. He's wearing them. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand. And that's, that's that is funny. The thing that I find so weird about Power of the Dog really is that Cody Smith McPhee's issue is that he gets like he gets bullied a little. Yeah, but yeah, it's not even yeah, like. It's not- it's not even proper bullying. Like no. it's no, there's no physical violence. Yeah. It's just, it's a little bit of name calling mm. that he would have got from everyone. Yeah. yeah. So why Benedict Cumberbatch is so much worse than yeah. anyone Sexual else? Sexual tension, and my friend. Yeah. Scene. Well, yeah. You know <laughs> yeah, that, that's that, it. There's that scene where he like walks to the tree. Yeah. Yeah. And and like other cowboys and stuff were like, eh, you know, like jiving him or something. But like <laughs> they like it it. Didn't mean anything, yeah. and then um, and he Bill doesn't react like, to it at all. Yeah, no, and and he looks at birds, and, but it's almost like he's strutting the for the reaction. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, true. And hey, if Benedict Cumberbatch is a gay cowboy, why was he? Why was his chaps not arseless? <laughs> they were they were bottomless chaps. I thought they were arseless. <laughs> <laughs> you just had jeans under them. Yeah, you just had jeans. Um, the whole point of this conversation is Pig should have been nominated for best film. I agree. Uh, I didn't, I <laughs> 
What's happening everybody, it's Guillermo here from ScreenRealm.com, Australia's favorite entertainment website covering all things movies and television. As always, here to tell you a little bit about what we've covered on the website in the past week. Seth Rogen is joining Bill Murray in Aziz Ansari's feature directorial debut. The film is titled Being Mortal and will also be starring Ansari who also co-wrote the script. This is going to be based on a book called Being Mortal Medicine and What Matters in the End written by Atul Gawande which is a non-fiction book that looks at among other things examples of fulfilling models for assisting the infirm and exploring how different hospice cares can demonstrate that a last person's last weeks or months may be rich and dignified sounds like a bit of a downer in terms of topic but this certainly has some comedy pedigree coming to the screen so we'll see what Aziz Ansari does here directing himself Bill Murray and Seth Rogen thus far the film is going to be starting production in April with a release date planned for some time in 2023 Oscar winner Hilary Swank and Reacher star Alan Richson have signed on to star in Ordinary Angels, a film that will be set against the backdrop of the worst snowstorm in Kentucky history. This is based on a true story and will have Swank playing a struggling hairdresser who single-handedly rallies an entire community to help a widowed father, who's played by Richson, to save the life of his critically ill daughter. The film is to be directed by John Gunn, who previously made faith-based films Do You Believe and The Case for Christ. There's a live-action adaptation of mecha anime Voltron in the works, and it's caused a huge bidding war in Hollywood. Attached to direct on the project is Rawson Marshall Thurber, the filmmaker behind the Netflix hit Red Notice. He's going to be co-writing the film, which at the time of recording has Warner Brothers, Amazon, Universal among the studios and streamers that are bidding for this package. Surprisingly, according to The Hollywood Reporter, Netflix is not currently in the running, even though they were also behind Red Notice and the animated series Voltron Legendary Defender. This is pretty much breaking news at the time that I've recorded this, so probably by the time you hear it or not long after, a studio will have landed. We'll also see what stars sign up to the Voltron movie down the track. And even though Mission Impossible 7 still hasn't come out and it's been going through quite the production, Mission Impossible 8 has started filming with Tom Cruise. This franchise has gone up and up in budget. Mission Impossible 7, with all its delays due to COVID, is reportedly costing at around the $290 million budget range, which is the highest of the franchise so far. There's also reportedly issues between Tom Cruise and Paramount Pictures. Paramount has decided to release MI7 on Paramount Plus, 45 days after the film gets released in theaters. We'll see what happens there, especially since Cruz is said to have lawyered up. Mission Impossible Rogue Nation and Mission Impossible Fallout director Christopher McQuarrie is at the helm of MI7 and MI8. MI7 is expected to hit cinemas in July 2023. We've also got a giveaway on the website right now. Thanks to Acorn Media, we're giving away copies of Shudder Original Superhost on Blu-ray and DVD. Yep, we've lined up copies in both formats to give away Head to the website, screenrealm.com, go to the win page, check that out. As always, all your release schedules are also there for your streamers, Netflix, Amazon, all that jazz. Thanks again for having me, everyone. Catch you next week.
This is where our listeners really, really miss out because while that song was playing, Ben was dancing around twirling a scarf with his dick tucked between his legs. <laughs> so good. So good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> That's a compliment. I've got rhythm and I'm not afraid to, to show it. I can't I can't think of a song that really conjures an image so immediately than that. That's, yeah, um, that's so true. Goodbye Horses by Q Lazarus, which was obviously made famous by its place in Silence of the Lambs with the whole Buffalo Bill uh, stuff. <laughs> stuff. <laughs> ben, <laughs> I know, Ben, that you have issues with Silence of the Lambs, but I, I think it's like a quintessential Oscar film in my mind. It's uh, the only it's only one of three films to have ever been or to have ever won all five major categories. Uh, one film, actor, actress, director, and screenplay. Um, the trifecta, but the five. The five-fecta. The, the five-fecta. The, <laughs> the quintuplet. And the only other ones were It Happened One Night in 34. Um, Which one, is a fantastic film. Like that one. One no Flew Over the Cuckoo's it. Nest mm. was another one in 75. No 75. problem with that film. Yep. Um, and and Silence of Lambs happens to also be uh, the only horror film to have ever won Best Picture. The only other ones that were nominated were The Exorcist, Jaws, Sixth Sense, Black Swan, and Get Out. So people will argue oh, about Silence of the Lambs yeah. being a horror film, but it kind of is it's the way the oh, I mean, it's it, where the tropes are used. It's a yeah. cannibal, yeah, like escapes by eating a security guard's face off and wearing it as well, a mask. A lot of people <laughs> if that's not a horror film. A lot of people call I don't know what a lot of people call it a thriller. I understand where they're coming from, yeah. but if they understood how tropes are exploited, I think yeah. it's much more a horror film. Yeah, anyway, uh, how about some more fun facts about the Oscars? Did you know the sealed envelope was introduced in 1941 because the LA Times broke the embargo and announced all of the winners the day before? <laughs> Why would you do that, though? Well, because like, you're a media outlet like, that has the scoop. Yeah, like, but yeah. I don't know. It just seems so strange. <laughs> um, the 45-second speech rule was introduced in 2002 after the Oscars went for four and a half hours, oh, which um, this wow. episode will have to probably introduce a... Uh, <laughs> 45 second rule. <laughs> and Midnight Cowboy is the only X-rated film to ever win Best Picture. There you Midnight go. Cowboy. Which X-rated, not to be confused with the Australian X-rating. We're talking oh, American X-rating. Yeah. It's not yeah. the triple X. An American <laughs> X-rating is like be... our R18+. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's a, NC it's like 17. a step down. Well, yeah. It, it, it yeah. turned into NC17. NC17. That's right. But anyway, now comes the fun stuff where we can recommend some movies. Um this is actually interesting because I prepped everybody and we kind of all came to the desk with different <laughs> yeah, different ideas different of what ideas. we're doing. <laughs> the problem is it's hard with this one. It is hard to pick like yeah. an obscure film that maybe you haven't seen well, it didn't to have recommend. To be no, I don't understand that, but that's usually yeah. I try and I don't pick the yeah. obvious ones. Yeah. Mm. I'll leave that to Chloe. So what we were <laughs> doing <laughs> what we were doing is talking about um Movies that have won Oscars or been nominated from the past doesn't matter. That's a huge. Nominated. That's a huge like kaleidoscope of you know choices for yeah, everybody. Yeah. Um, Since 1929. Exactly right. Um, I'm going to go first to get the ball rolling. Then Sam, you can do yours. Okay. And actually, you can take us all the way to the Boneheads, and and then Ben can go. Cool. So. Um, Gives me time to find one. Is that the code? <laughs> the code? Well, Code. 1989 was an interesting year. I think it was a doozy of a year. So the best born. films up for grabs. The best films that year were, I guess, the best things of that year, Sam. <laughs> My Left Foot, um, Dead Poet Society, Born on the Fourth of July, Driving Miss Daisy, which won, and Field of Dreams. But the movie that should have won but was only nominated for Best Actor and Screenplay was Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. Uh, I think that was by far the best film of yeah, that year. And yeah. in my mind, 
arguably one of the great films ever made. Like if you were to do a top mm. list of maybe 100 films, I reckon that should be in there. Wow. Um, have you seen it? I have not, no. It's an amazing no. film. You, surely you've seen it, Ben. <laughs> sure. Ben's <laughs> <laughs> in another world. Do the right thing. No, I haven't seen it. Okay. Oh, no, hang, so, on. hang on. Is that, that's the one Spike it's all Lee. hot. Yes. Everyone, yeah, yeah, I have seen it. Okay, so the film is the only film I can think of off the top of my head that you can feel. Like when you think of this film, you can yeah. feel it because it is set in a heat wave. Yeah. And I think it's Brooklyn. And um, it's the rising racial tensions that um, boil over because of the heat. Mm. So oh, it's wow. a neighborhood where there's an Italian pizza pizzeria. Um, Danny Alio plays the owner and I think he won an Oscar for this one as well. And so the community itself, with all the different ethnicities coming into the community, um, sort of having other voices that aren't black, kind of just this boiling sort of um, melting pot yeah. of tension rises. Wow. And when it does rise, it turns into riots. And it is the most sticky, um, awkward, um, invigorating, and just all immersive experience I can think of when wow. I think of films. Like, I really feel this film all the way. Yeah. So. Um, I reckon that should have won best film. But um, do you know Spike Lee actually made a cycle to that one, uh, like a, a sequel that's sort of skewish to this? Red Hook Summer. A cycle. Cycle. <laughs> a sidequel. Um, Red Hook Summer in two thousand two. Um, he plays the same character and it's in the same neighbourhood and it's just a different story. See, I didn't know the only <laughs> it was Red Hook. Red Hook Summer. Yeah. I didn't know Red Hook was a was an actual place until I watched the search for One Eyed Jimmy, which <laughs> has a lot of the same cast as. Uh... Yeah, well, the uh, the cast from Do the Right Thing is incredible because, as I said, Danny Alio he won the Oscar. Um, Spike Lee is in it. Samuel L. Jackson, John Turturro, Rosie Perez, Ozzy Davis, Ruby D. You know who I'm going to say next? Your favorite, John Carlo Esposito. One Carlo. One Carlo. It's not one Carlo. John he Carlo? says it. He says it. Yeah. I think he says it like the French kind of thing, whereas it's it what like is it's, it? It's one. It's one Carlo. It looks like it's one. I've always I've always called him one Carlo Esposito. But on the on the the ad for Far Cry, yep. he says he introduces himself, and that's not how he pronounces it. Oh, so okay. I guess if anyone knows, it's probably him. And does that mean I got it right in the first place? I, I can't remember what it is, so I don't know. <laughs> maybe. As smorgasbord of talent, great film, um, palpable, and I fucking adore it. And I'm probably going to watch it again next week. Now I've said that. So That's really interesting. Yeah. I like I like when films can do that. They can make you feel like you're like yeah. there. I'm not a huge fan of Spike Lee. Like mm. I've said that many times, but this is the one film I think he's just nailed it. It's just because you hate the Knicks, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I feel he beat the same drum too often. Um, uh, he did Inside step, Man is a master no, I was going to say He did in sort of You know Latter years Stray from that A little bit with Inside Man And um, But he did come right back On it again But I kind of feel That was okay Because That Sense of um, Like social Commentary Had come full circle mm. And yeah. he was able mm. to Tap back into yeah, it yeah. Whereas for a long time It had kind of Dissipated a little bit And he was trying to yeah. Get back in there Yeah, yeah. Like I mean I think it, it for stuff like that, it's hard when you're not living through yes. the politics that he's talking about. Yeah, and definitely. Th we never had a chance. Like, we were not in New York yeah. in that period of time. So, yeah. while mm. there are certain universal truths that he discuss that he explores, mm. a lot of the nuances, it's hard for us to 
understand, to relate. To Not only that, I think yeah. Hollywood in general wasn't really on board with it at the time because, you know, it had shifted and we were telling different stories and I just think, you know, he got sort of lost in it. Mm. But now he wouldn't be able to make that film if if those actors weren't from that particular part of <laughs> New York. <laughs> from that corner. From that corner. <laughs> yes. Because uh, they're, otherwise they're just taking roles from people who were in that corner. That's right. Who were... <laughs> Excellent actors. Yeah, exactly. And if you're not a street sweeper, you can't play a street sweeper. That's right. All right. Anyway, That's the new rule. Sam. <laughs> no acting allowed. You take have us to be the person. <laughs> take us to the boneheads. Um, so I decided to go back to a classic. Way back. <laughs> <laughs> um, I chose An American in Paris. Wow. You did go right back. Yeah. 1950. It came out in 1951. It was on the 1952 Oscars. Um, and it actually, I, I, I found a discrepancy in my research. Um, <laughs> and I wasn't sure if it was six or eight they won in, okay. in, the, whole, in the whole show. 1951 Oscars. 1952. Made in 1951, but yeah. the Oscars came. It was 1951. <laughs> no, if you go to, go to the Academy Awards one, a website. The, the Oscars website. Yeah. The Oscars website. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, actually, I'm to be honest sure with you, there. when I want to know Oscar stuff, that is where I go. Yeah. It's actually a good website. It's a really good website, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so I... Did it win? I, yeah, it won Best it Picture. It was up against um, a streetcar named Desire, hmm. which I thought was pretty crazy. That it, it didn't win. It won against that. But then again, like, An American in Paris is basically like, like, dare I say, it's kind of a non-film. Like, it's yeah. it's really just about the music and the dancing. And it's a fanciful kind of film. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it looked amazing well, as well. Did Streetcar Named Desire maybe hit its mark later? In, maybe you know, it was before its time. Um, and the other films I didn't really know. Uh, <laughs> oh, a Place, a Place in the Sun was another one. Yeah, it's a big deal. Mm, um, I haven't heard of Quo Vardis, mm-hmm. but that was another one. It was so, up against. Yeah, it's a Roman <coughs> Oh right, the, yeah, yep. Um, but yeah, it was a it's a really good film. I think that the opening line is my favorite, and he <laughs> he literally says, <laughs> "This is Paris, and I'm an American who lives here." <laughs> and I think that's like the funniest thing I've. There's ever a heard. synopsis for you, people. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's exactly what the movie. Exposition. The screenwriter was like, I just can't figure out how to open it. That's where John Landis got his title for American Werewolf. I'll just leave this in temporarily until I figure it out. And the director's just gone, genius. (laughs) I'll take credit for that. He won Best Director because of that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Gene Kelly is like my favorite, but I chose it because I hadn't actually seen it before and I watched it for this podcast. I do love Gene Kelly. I love Gene Kelly. Something about him on screen. He's incredible. Something about his charm and charisma, particularly in yeah. Singing in the Rain, mm. when he's when he's talking to the camera at yes. the start of the film yeah. at, the, at the Oscars, wasn't it? Like, um, yeah, it was Oscar S premiere, or maybe. It, yeah. Oh, maybe it was a premiere. Yeah, but yeah. when he's you no, know, he's talking. What is it? He, what's his quote in that one? Um, it's not sincerity. Always oh, no. Um, dignity. Always dignity, or oh, something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I gosh, just there's something about him. It's, oh, he's an incredible, yeah. incredible perform- performer. And his tap dancing is like on point. Yeah, that fit as a fiddle sequence. Oh, I'm talking about yeah. the wrong film here, yeah, but yeah, you know, yeah, I'm swept up in that. <laughs> awesome. So, an American in Paris. Mm. Awesome choice. And um, let's see what the Boneheads come up with. Welcome to Bonehead Weekly Fun Size. We're doing the Oscars. I haven't watched the damned Oscars in five years. 
it's longer than that for me probably I, it has to be and i and because i was watching it i don't remember who it was i actually don't remember and i thought this is some boring 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 shit now yeah. they've cut out editing it won't even be during the show right and the movie is made during editing i just want you all to know that i know that several yes it's made when it's written you make a movie three or four times you you write it yeah i was gonna say don't it. let's let's well, talk about when i got chewed out for mentioning that my, my belief in that <laughs> and edit it you make it several different times and but the fact that that's not even in it i don't give a damn what the oscar says this is just my personal opinion we've got all three things that we're going to say something about the oscars no and i'm just gonna say and i'm sick and tired of it if if it's a biopic it automatically gets an oscar nomination the oscars are bullshit they're bullshit i'm going to talk about i don't know if i get nominated for one well, I yeah, I won an Oscar. <laughs> shit, yeah, we won one. I, two seconds to tell the funnest story I ever had about the Oscars is one, me and Joe were were not together, but we were watching the Oscars at the same <laughs> we time. Broke, we were on a break. <laughs> we were on a break, and this woman wins an award, and she is a very well. We were calling each other as the Oscars went back and forth. Yeah. We pick up the phone, and one of us would call this woman. Won. I don't know what the award was, but she was very well endowed. Let's say. And the phone rang immediately as she stood up. I picked up the phone. And I said, it's because she has huge breasts. And Joe just cackled his mat and then hung up the phone. Yeah, the best- that's, 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 that's good. That's good. <laughs> so the, I want to talk about what I feel is one of the more overrated because there's tons. There's several overrated Oscar winners. Braveheart. I've said it. I said I it. You say it all the time. I say it all the time. I don't. I need to go back and rewatch it. I wonder if I feel differently now, 20 some years. But when I saw this movie, when it came out, I could not have cared less. Didn't have any attachment to it. Oh, man. Where do I start? Um, one of those movies that I just think I don't understand how it won Best Picture that year. I really just don't think A Beautiful Mind was worth winning Best Picture. I don't either, but I don't dislike it. I don't dislike it. But it should not have won. It's just because it was a biopic. And again, Ron, if you Howard. Look at the, Ron Howard. And if you look at the history of it, most of that most of that movie is not even accurate. Accurate. And yet it's still one best picture. And it's not, it, there was nothing. And if you watch the movie, there's nothing new about it. There's Apollo no style. 13. There's no substance. Apollo 13 is a superior film that's much more accurate. That's also directed by Ron Howard. Yes. That he probably should have won for. And visual, visually appealing. Beautiful yeah. Mind didn't have that other than Apollo seeing- 13. Yeah, James. That's, that's one of those where they just gave it to him. I'm going to talk about a film that was nominated for an Oscar but did not get it, and justifiably so. This film was nominated for Best Art Direction and Best Costume Design, Edith Head, and did not win it, and justifiably so if you ever get a chance to go back and watch it because it stars Peter Lawford as a washed-up actor who will take any job he can get, which was at the time this film was made pretty accurate because he'd been kicked out of the Rat Pack, Joseph Cotton, who nobody cares about, and Milton Berle. Joseph Cotton was in Citizen Kane! I was making a joke, Joe. Gee, It wasn't a Uncle Charlie! (laughs) It also stars Ed Begley, not to be confused with his son, who nobody knows. Anyway, um... (laughs) Hitchcock. I'm talking about the f- only film that oh my Tony God, Bennett and Tony Bennett said it was his worst role ever. It's the only time he played a fictional character. I know what movie he's going to say. And it was written by or adapted by off a novel, Harlan Nelson. I'm talking about the Oscar, the only film that got nominated for an Oscar because it glorified the Oscars. If you've never seen the Oscar, don't. 
it hurts. Yeah, that, and he refused to sign the poster at the convention we saw him at. So uh, he was going off. Anyway, I, I, as you get, watch the movie, Joe, you would go off if you were linked to it too. Like I, even I would be like, no, I wasn't involved with that. That's some other James Thomas. I don't know who that cat is. Also, <laughs> screw my fair lady. <laughs> you Only shut he, your horish he's mouth. Not, he's not talking about the Oscar at one though. Shut your whorish mouth. He's, Rex he's, Harrison. That was more of a literal film. statement. Rex Harrison is a gem in that film. I was going to say, look up Carol Landis and talk to me about Rex Harrison. No, no, this has I'm been not... Bonehead. <laughs> this has been Bonehead. Good Movie Monday is made possible with the support of people like Viewlorium. Viewlorium is a streaming platform for rare and obscure movies, and it's absolutely free. They also have a catalogue full of kids' flicks, classic movies, foreign cinema, and more. Visit viewlorium.com today to see what it's all about. Here is some more, um, here's some more information for you. Did you know there were discontinued categories for the Oscars? They used to have assistant director. Oh. And here's an interesting one. They had comedy picture and dramatic picture and best original story. I did also see they had colour... And black and white as a separate yeah. um, thing as well, which I thought was really interesting. Incredible, and but they're, people they're just like people all the time talk about why isn't there a, a comedy yeah, category? Comedy yeah, and yeah. Shoved together. together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, um, it's unfair to comedies. I think com- comedies are the are the genre of film that are most popular. unfairly treated by the award show, by awards. Yeah, because yeah. it's often voted on by people who have no sense of comedy. <laughs> and don't understand. They just think, oh, it's a fart joke. Well, but comedy resonates. How com- comedy resonates true. and heals yeah. more than anything else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I agree. So they used to have a comedy. I wonder when they got rid of that. I have yeah. no idea. Um, but I like that idea of separating comedy and drama. Um, and then you got a film like it's always oh, it was a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It was like, is it a comedy? I mean, it is. Yeah. But yeah. but is it? But maybe it is. maybe that's why. Maybe they did it because they there was too many crossovers. It's hard. That, yeah. I mean, that's going to happen. I just I I mm. think it's a better thing. I think all the genres kind of could be isolated. Could, have the main genres, are, and if they sort of whatever it leans into, the hardest is what category it goes into. Yeah. yeah. And look, it is when we released when we released Low Down Dirty Criminals. Yep. The produce one of the producers was like, so how are we going to market this? Are we marketing it as a comedy crime film, or are we marketing it as a crime comedy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, well, it's really hard. Yeah, I it's think the, it's whatever the prevailing theme yeah, is. You know, whatever first. works, buddy. That's yeah. <laughs> whatever gets the most traction. <laughs> um, there's some categories that they've been trying to get going. There's been proposals over the years, including best casting, which I think is a pretty mm. reasonable one. Yeah. Best popular film, which uh, you know, which yeah. is like a people's choice kind of. Which I think they're doing this year. They're doing a Twitter vote for one particular category this year. Which is Why that Twitter. opens itself up they to the troll verse, it, and it's just yeah. ridiculous. Like I like the they idea. They should do it by box office. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Like it just yeah. seems to make which film made the most money. But this is once again them trying to fit in with the changing climate. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's, that's mm. the wrong way to do it. I think best stunt coordination that's always been overlooked. Yeah, Stunts definitely. are important. Um, best title design that's been rejected. Yeah, right. all of those have been rejected. Title design. Wow. So in, you know, intros and yeah, all that yeah. Kind of it's stuff. just it, it, it's interesting thinking about like. Because, yeah, no, it's actually, yeah, because cause they've changed over the years, haven't they? There should be a most impactful death. <laughs> <laughs> well, like the Nickelodeons and the People's Choice have best yeah. kiss, best stuff like kiss. that. Like the, the oh, awards nice. that people care about. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, best sex scene. 
And the Academy Award goes to, you know, <laughs> was it uh, blue is the warmest color? Because I don't know how they fake that scissoring stuff. How do they? Was it a was it a prosthetic ass that she eats? Like it? It but looked like you, she was eating that ass. But did you know that that scissor scene? Here's some interesting information. That scissor scene, when the director called cut, you could hear. Right. <laughs> very, I, I was it. believing. I can't even. They, they, it was airtight. <laughs> <laughs> they, they had, they actually had a little plastic tab that you just used to peel off because once a little bit of air gets in, they could separate. Oh my goodness! Please, Ben, um, bring us into um into Chloe's segment. Well, look, my look, I. My recommendations, and they're kind of two, but they're from the same year. I don't know what the year is now because, because according to Wikipedia, it's nineteen fifty-two, but it could be nineteen fifty-three. <laughs> the winner, the winner of the best picture was Greatest Show on Earth. I have not seen it. Says mm-hmm. a Beat Mill film, but the two ones I'm surprised that this was nominated. Uh, was, uh, one was Ivanhoe, which is a. It's been remade a couple of times. It's a um, sword and sandal kind of King mm-hmm. Arthur type type movie with Elizabeth Taylor and Robert Taylor, who I don't know relation. Um, is it Robert Taylor? I can never remember that guy's name. The guy who plays Ivanhoe is Robert Taylor. Yeah, but he's not related to, uh, I think as I can tell, George Sanders. Is, George Sanders is like a side character in it, but it's a it's a great, you know, um, Robin Hood is a, like a side character. Like gotcha. Robin of Loxley is just oh, like a peripheral okay. character. Mm. It's a fantastic film. I think... I think it's Warner Brothers because I think it's it has had a DVD release a couple of times, so it is out there. The other one is a John Ford movie called The Quiet Man with um, Maureen O'Hara and mm-hmm. uh, John Wayne, and that movie is it's really good. It's basically about like John Wayne is an American and he goes over to Ireland to his um, that's kind of where his family are from, his yep. his heritage, mm-hmm. and he goes over there and moves to a, a village um, where he kind of falls in love with. Um, Maureen O'Hara, but Maureen O'Hara is like this incredibly strong-willed woman who has been rejecting the advances of, I think it's Barry Fitzgerald is the guy um, who plays the, but he's the toughest man in town. <laughs> um, and he beats up anyone, anyone he wants her, she doesn't want him, but any other man that comes anywhere near her, he beats the bejesus out of. <laughs> and back at home, John and John Wayne, when he comes, he refuses to fight. And so Maureen O'Hara thinks he's a coward. He just, but he's not going to do it. And as it kind of, I don't want to give away the twist, but there's a reason he doesn't fight. They overcome that reason. And basically the third act of the film is just one long extended fight scene (laughs) where John Wayne and this guy beat the shit out of each other across (laughs) the whole town. Like it is From like they're one side punching, to the other. Yeah, they're punching them. They're punching That's each so other funny. uphill. They're punching yeah. each other down. <laughs> it's one of those movies that are responsible for me as a child thinking that fights would be fun because it just seems like no one goes, no one, no one gets hurt yeah, in a fight. Me of, um, family Guy, how he's beating up the chicken. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like that. Like, <laughs> and how are how are the sound effects for each punch? Are they good? It's 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 like if you get if you the classic like, whack. Yeah, it's like uh you know when Rocky's punching the the cow hides. Yeah, yeah. Mm. just like like a lot of wet meat. Oh, so it's the, the real type. Yeah. It's not the you know. Oh. <laughs> it's no 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 Batman side effects <laughs> in this one. Hello and happy Monday, friends. I'm Chloe from Movie Night with the Richie Girls, a podcast.
podcast dedicated to classic movies my mother and I grew up watching and still love to this day. And I am so excited this week because I actually get to talk about a movie we ended up dedicating an entire episode to, Shakespeare in Love. And I've heard it, heard it said from some that it wasn't deserving enough for an Oscar nomination let alone the seven wins it went on to have. But I truly believe that if it goes on to win seven Oscars, then it couldn't be truly undeserving. Shakespeare in Love went on to win for Best Picture, Best Actress in a Leading Role, Best Actress in a Supporting Role, Best Writing, Best Art Direction, Set Direction, and Best Costume Design and Best Music. Now to each their own, but I guess in terms of what should have won, in my own humble opinion, at least three of those seven are truly deserved. And I can say for myself that when I'm watching a period piece, the writing, the set and the costuming is just as important for me as, you know, everything else. Um, I, I need it to get lost within the world that's trying to be conveyed. Shakespearean love, in my opinion, does nail all three for me. And honestly, if it didn't win for writing, I'm sure Shakespeare probably would have rolled over in his grave. In saying this, had the Oscars not been so prestigious and the people had voted, Saving Private Ryan probably would have won. And that's all I'm gonna say on diet. That was my terrible Forrest Gump impression that has nothing to do with the Oscars. Anyway, moving on. Can we also just stop and take a minute to appreciate the man himself, Shakespeare? I mean, Joseph Fiennes gives you one steamy, sultry gaze and you just be handing him Oscars without even asking. All I'm saying is if they had TikTok back in the late 90s, he would be thirst trap material. Oh, and he's also brilliant and engaging and I fall in love with him over and over again every time I revisit this film. It's hard to skip past performance perfection. It's funny, it's romantic, it's heartwarming and equally heartbreaking. If you're having an Oscar marathon, this needs to be on it. That's my opinion for this week and I am sticking to it, folks. Fare thee well, my humble friends and... Have thou stay wonderful Mondayist, I guess. <laughs> Bye. So I think 1993 was a pretty awesome year. He had Schindler's List, which was never not going to win an Oscar. Mm. Uh, the Fugitive, uh, In the Name of the Father, The Piano, and Remains of the Day were the other nominations. The Fugitive? With Harrison Ford. Yeah, that was up for Best Picture. Yes, well, that's the film I'm going to talk about. Um, but I, I just want to add that I think Robert Altman's Shortcuts was robbed. I think that should have been up for Best Picture. Julianne Moore got her veg out in that she film. Certainly and did. It and didn't win. Outrageous. <laughs> and those drapes definitely matched the carpet, yeah. right? <laughs> they, they certainly did. Even... If, if not more so, <laughs> like it was brighter. It was a brighter. Was her mean? pubic hair was brighter red than her hair. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was fluoro, like a highlighter. Yeah, I think something had been improved, or maybe color graded. Well, good, yeah, I was going to say good lighting. Yeah, yeah, good, yeah, good lighting on the badge. <laughs> ain't, ain't no merkin. Um, I think that Robert Altman's Shortcuts is once again one of those great films that's underappreciated. A lot of people don't know about it, no. but it's just phenomenal. It's certainly better than uh, Magnolia, which everybody touts as some great uh, thing. It's the same kind of thing. I fucking love Magnolia. Yeah, so do I, but I think Shortcuts is the same thing but better. So, you know. Yeah, right. Uh, but The Fugitive, like, let's focus on that because that is one of the few examples of a genre-heavy film that's been nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, and true. once again... Tommy Lee Jones won Best Supporting Actor for this one and he yeah. carried that film. Without him, it wouldn't mm. be The Fugitive. Never mind Harrison Ford. Because well, he's who you're watching. Yeah. yeah. Like, really. like you. I mean, Harry, Harrison Ford, 
looks harried the whole film. Yep. And that was, I remember at the time, like Neon Magazine did this uh, great piece where it was the emotional range of Harrison Ford. <laughs> yeah. And they just had like 40 different emotions and the same picture of Harrison Ford. I like the ones where they do like the, the Ford Fairlane, Ford Mustang, and it's like different pictures yeah. of him like on a horse. And then. Yeah. Like... <laughs> uh, I do. I think this is, if you asked me what's like one of the. Well, the top 10 thrillers of all time, Fugitive goes in there for me. I think it's like yeah. perfectly written, perfectly executed. It's just a perfect film. And it's, it's almost PG as well. Like it's not relying on violence or anything like that. Yeah. It's just fast paced and taut. And what a cast. Like Tommy Lee Jones and Harrison Ford, but Scylla Ward is in there. Joey Pants. Joey Pants. Joe Roebuck. Daniel Roebuck. Yes. Julianne Moore once again. Yeah. Pants in, on. In a bit part. Pants in a, on. In a bit part. That's and so right. is Jane Lynch. Oh, it was like yes. a bit part. Yeah. She played the um the the robotic engineer or whatever the for the um the arms and all that. The yeah, prosthetics. She's, yeah, she's yeah. yeah. One of the so hospital hospital yeah. technician people yes. that he goes to visit. Yeah, and yeah, fantastic all round. And it was written by um David Tui, who yeah, right. would go on to do the Pitch Black series and uh. the Warlock films and Dreamscape. He did those as well. Yeah, um hoping to have him on the show later in the year to talk Ooh, about fantastic. Below because that's that's having an anniversary this year and no one talks about Below. So um yeah. He's uh he's, he's you can talk about the Warlock films. He's I'd rather me, talk about the Warlock films. I would. I'm gonna try and shoehorn that in. Yeah. I'm using um below as a reason to bring him on the show, but he's given me a firm maybe. So. There's <laughs> <laughs> a. A personal, a personal maybe. There's a fifty percent chance that there's going to be a hundred percent yes. But uh, the the thing about uh, the Fugitive, also directed by Andrew Davis. What happened to that guy? He was like one of the best action directors of the time. Having I made, I, I can tell you what happened to him. What happened to his him? His name was Andrew Davies, so he's instantly forgettable. <laughs> <laughs> well, the films that he made, he did Under Siege, which had Tommy Lee Jones in it. Fantastic. Film. He made Above the Law, a Steven Seagal film. Fantastic. He film. made Code of Silence. He made The Package. Fantastic. He made film. Collateral Damage. With also with Tommy wow. Lee Jones. Funny yep. Arnie. Um, he made uh, Collateral Damage. Yep. Yep. He yep. made Holes. Is it Collateral Damage? Is that the one that? Um, uh, who's the guy from Barry? SNL. Bill Hader. Yes. Oh. Bill Hader tells that great story. His first job in Hollywood was working on collateral. I think it's collateral damage. It could yeah. have been a razor, but okay. I think it's collateral damage. But he's like, that's Arnie's big line in there. Is, Get out. There's a bomb in there. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bomb in there. But he. <laughs> but he's like, he's like the Bill H- the actual Bill Hader stuff where he's, uh, he's looking for his makeup, uh, his makeup crew and he's like, find them for me. Show me your leadership capabilities. <laughs> <laughs> Blaine's like, oh, they're just over there on that in that chair. <laughs> but this director has fallen off the radar. 2006 was the last film we did, which was The Guardian, that one with Ashton Kutcher and Kevin Costner about the seafarers or whatever. Yeah, they're like... Um, the, rest of the Coast Guard or whatever. Yeah. That was a pretty good film. But um, I tried to... I, I, I put it on in the video store and I didn't really... But I found it was very close... It came out like at the same time that that uh, Robert De Niro, Cuba Gooding Jr., uh, I think their Navy mm. Navy Diver movie came out, and I was like, "Is this more? Is this the same?" Oh, not the yeah, the the um, Men of Honor, Men of Honor. Ah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Different eras, but same but concept. I thought it was like the same, yeah, the same kind of thing. Mm. Well, anyway, if you go to his, he has a personal website. He's oh. got. Movies in development. I love it when these people that have fallen off the radar have these websites. So he's apparently developing a modern treasure island as well as an archaeological geopolitical thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, but they look like they've been up there for about 10 years. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> right. 
But The Fugitive, I just think it's a great film and I wanted to talk about it for a moment. And not to mention, it did have a sequel, US Marshals, which I actually think is... Um, that was the sequel. That was a sequel. Yes. It's oh. Tommy Lee Jones' character. It's, it's oh, a new case. Yeah, I never thing. put two and two together. And the, a couple of the characters from the first well, yeah, film. Well, yeah, you've got Dana Roebuck and Joey Pants. They're all back. It's I this, must it's, have watched yeah. it really it's the same. Apart it's I the same team. I went to see that at uh, Village Village Cinemas in the city. Yeah. And I had just seen Big Lebowski. Uh, so I went to the bar at yeah. Village Cinemas and asked them to make me a white Russian. <laughs> yeah. The girl there didn't know what it was. And I said, I think it's a black Russian, but with milk. Yep. Yeah. And she was like, what's a, what's in a black yeah. Russian? And I'm like, oh, I God. thought you worked in a bar. <laughs> yeah, that's right. She, she, her reply was, I work in a bar at Village Cinemas. <laughs> Fair enough. It's, yeah, like, we have beer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, I, I don't understand the hate for that film. I think it's a good movie in its own right. Maybe it's only because it came after The Fugitive that it's sort of lambasted. But mm. it's, not, it's not The Fugitive, I think, is its biggest problem. Yeah. I mean, but it's, it's, it's a good movie on its own. And yeah. Robert Downey Jr. is in that, and he's really good. And he doesn't... The best line in The Fugitive, the best part of The Fugitive is when... Is it, when I don't care? Yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that I don't... Yeah. Is yeah. That, I didn't do it. I don't care. There's none of that in, in, yeah. in, in yeah. Uh, US it is, it is the best line in the film. It's so simple, yeah. but just like, I've got one job to do here and yeah. I don't give a fuck if you're yeah. guilty or innocent. Like, I'm I'm just the guy bringing you in. Yeah. I don't decide whether you did it or not. Yeah, that's why I was nominated for an Oscar. But it's, he, <laughs> I think he, he plays basically the same character in Double Jeopardy. Oh, and he is... plays the same character in The Missing. Yeah. And um, what's the other one he did? The Hunted. Yeah. You know, yeah. He, he became very type after yeah. a while. And yeah. it, but it's perfect for Tommy Lee Jones. So Bloody it's good. Earth it is. Bloody oath it is. <laughs> Alrighty, so that's um I think we've proven to be a very long episode, which mm. is uh hopefully you're all still listening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you're still listening, put Hell. a uh what kind of emoji should they put in? Well, I mean, if, 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 if the these... flash and the aubergine. If, yeah. these are the, if these are the people listening that, you know, listened as we dropped at 6am, the Oscars are probably over by now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, were we right? Yeah. <laughs> how did we go? Let us know how yeah, we did. Yeah, <laughs> I just think, like, if you've listened to the whole show, how long is your commute to work in the morning? Yeah. Like, fucking hell. Like, get a job closer to home. <laughs> Uh, we need to do the thank yous, our amazing Good Movie Monday crew. So, Jarrett, Guillermo, Chloe, Joe, Chad, and James. And, of course, Sam, thanks for coming back on the desk. Thank We've you. got to get you in here more often. Mm, um, ben, I'm going to leave you with any final thoughts. Uh... <laughs> How about join us on social uh... media during the week? Because we've got lots of <laughs> bonus content. We've got videos. We've got two reaction videos this week. Hang on. I'm coming... Like... Just give me a minute. <laughs> I'll have a thought eventually. <laughs> uh, next Monday, we've got Melissa Begg back on the show. We're going to talk about devil worshipping in cinema, oh, which is cool. going to be fun. Uh, we'll have to make some kind of sacrifice on the desk. I don't know what that'll be. Maybe your dignity. <laughs> I'll bust out that Buffalo Bill song again. Never <laughs> had any of that. <laughs> I don't know how. Like, I'm surprised that, uh, that Sam didn't hasn't complained. Maybe she would when we're off the air. I don't think Melzy would put up with it. It was the turkey slap that got her. <laughs> it was when you opened your legs that came back out. It's what got kicked me off big brother. <laughs> oh, well, we're going to leave you with a song um, that, um, that I think has the Oscar in the bag. We can actually play an up-to-date song. I did have a thought. Okay. Just quickly. <laughs> the, the other best thing about The Fugitive is that it's that running gag in... It's that great gag in uh, Scrubs because the guy who plays the janitor, they're like trying to find out 
like the history of that cat, of that, oh, where, like where's that guy yeah. come from? Like, have you always been a janitor? <laughs> and then, then they're like, no, he was an actor at one point because he's like the one of the um, subway cops. Yeah, right. <laughs> and like they they incorporate that into his his character in Scrubs. Yeah. It's like it's the best kind of TV so to funny. movie tie-in. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't think there's any doubt about it. This song's probably going to win the Oscar. It's um, No Time to Die, Billie Eilish. And then she, I mean, it is up against Encanto, so who knows?